Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Some Other Sphere. If you enjoy it, please leave a rating on your preferred podcast platform or like and share it on social media, as it all really helps to promote the show. If you'd like to support the upkeep of the podcast as well, you can donate via Ko-fi. Go to ko-fi.com forward slash some other sphere podcast to find out more. Thank you again, and now, on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to Some Other Sphere, a podcast exploring our strange world, one conversation at a time, hosted by Rick Palmer. Joining me for this episode is intuitive artist, writer, researcher and podcaster Claire Casely. Claire's creative projects are inspired by the presence of fairies, which she experiences through nature connection, fairy sights, and during journeying in meditation and dreams. Together, these practices have helped her to form a multi-sensory method of connecting with the other world, which she calls fairy whispering. In the interview, I begin by talking with Claire about how her interest in fairies started as a child growing up near Dartmoor, and some of her experiences with those types of beings as she grew older. We discuss what fairies are, what fairy whispering is, and explore the relationship that seems to exist between these entities, ourselves, the places we live, and on a deeper level, the natural world. Claire also offers some advice on how to develop your own connection with otherworldly beings, such as fairies. It was a very pleasant conversation. Enjoy! Claire, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rick. It's lovely to be here. How did your interest in fairies begin? I think it started from childhood, um, playing outside in nature, and I had a wonderful grandmother that only lived two doors up from me, and um, I spent a lot of time with her in her garden until I was about five. So my my early years were spent doing creative things like drawing. Um, so I've always been an artist since I was a child. And she was an artist. And she had a wonderful garden that we'd, my grandmother would play with me and my sister in the garden. And um, I learned a lot from her about plants and from my own mother as well, because my mum's dad, my grandfather, was a gardener and he'd been a gardener in service. So she'd learned a lot about gardening from him. So I was just always immersed in nature. I was really lucky. And then my father had connections to Dartmoor through his family. So we spent a lot of time on Dartmoor. Um, So, yeah, it's just an idyllic kind of childhood, really, my early childhood. And um, 
was really lucky to ha have that freedom to play freely outside, which I know a lot of children don't have these days. And that's where this sense of enchantment came from, really, um, from and also from stories and being read stories as a child and making up my own stories. And I used to play the piano as a child as well. And I always had this sense of something else that there was some other presence in nature and I, I just couldn't put my finger on it. And I saw pictures of fairies growing up, you know, the sort of Victoriana kind of fairies. And I, I just didn't connect with those. And it wasn't until really... I had a bit of a break in that connection because my life changed quite rapidly from when I was about nine or ten and my parents separated and I was having quite a tough time at school and I kind of that sense of the magical only stayed with me through my art and my imagination um, and my art became my sanctuary for me, really. And then once I left school and went to college and pursued art, um, I started to reconnect with that more spiritual awareness, that um, openness to the other world, which I'd shut down. And I, I I know this has happened to other people, you know, who go through difficult times and they lose that sense of, um, especially if you don't have a family that aren't connected to those other realms so much. I mean, my grandfather was a real inspiration for me as a child because he knew I was interested in the paranormal and science fiction and he would bring me books. Um, on various topics like ghosts and witches and monsters and UFOs. So I felt that he and understood me. He was like um, a fellow soulmate, I suppose, that understood these realms. And I loved his stories as well. So it's only really as a teenager that I started to open up to the other world again um, and gradually it's a very gradual process with connecting with fairies because I did a lot of searching because I knew that I had this sensitivity to what you call the supernatural I suppose um, but I didn't know how to direct it so I just explored and I read lots of books about angels and um, various topics about, you know, psychic development, etc. So it was quite a late bloomer with regards to developing that, that side of myself. And then I went and I did a degree in Swansea, an art degree, and uh, I really missed Devon and Dartmoor, I really realised when I was there the 
the connection that I have with this part of the world, with especially with Dartmoor. So I started to seek that through my art on my degree and I spent a lot of time going to the Gower Peninsula, um, which is quite similar to Dartmoor in some places. And the coastline is quite similar to Devon and the southwest of England. And um, I realised that I was, my art was trying to express this feeling that I had of this connection that I had with the landscape. And I, it was there that I started to learn stories about fairies and, and met a few local people that um, would say that they'd seen strange things on the Gower Peninsula, they'd seen lights or um, in the sky or they'd seen fairy lights and I realised that that's, that was part of me, this um, connection to whatever that world was. Um, and it was whilst I was at university, I had my first fairy sighting. Um, yeah, I just realised that I had this connection with um, those stories and the landscape. And uh, when I left university and I went home <clears throat> to, to live with my mum again, I started drawing fairies. Um, and around that time, as well, um, my my father's partner at the time gave me a book of Brian Froud's fairy art, the, the fairy book that he did with Alan Lee. And I really connected with his art and the, and the fairies that he was expressing in that book. <clears throat> Um, because the fairies I was drawing that were coming out of me were not the typical Victorian fairies that I'd seen in my childhood or in story storybooks. And I realised that I connected more with his artwork. So, yeah, that's where it all started, really. That's quite a long answer. <laughs> Now it's it's fascinating. You mentioned just a short while ago your first fairy encounter. Can you just talk a little about that? Yeah. So whilst I was at university, I did what most people do when they go to university, and I was experimenting with um, mushroom tea. <laughs> um. And I'd been out for a night out with some friends, um, partying, and came back to my room in, in my rented student house, went to bed, woke up in the night, and I wanted some water. So I had some water by my bed, and also by my bed was a rubber plant. Because um, I had my, I had a mattress on the floor, and a rubber plant by the bed. 
I looked over, so this was to my left from memory. So I was lying and I turned over onto my left and picked up my water and I glanced over to the, my rubber plant and the room wasn't totally pitch black because it was <clears throat> there was street light coming in through the window so it was kind of not completely dark and in the rubber plant I could see a little person sat in the plant and he was it was a he it was very shadowy um and I immediately felt it was an elf. That's what came to me. And he was just sat looking curiously at me from this rubber plant. And it was a very brief encounter. One minute, it was literally seconds. He was there and the next minute he'd gone. And I was feeling, because of my night out, I was feeling so unwell anyway that I just didn't have the wherewithal to really take it in or respond to it. I just kind of thought, oh, that's an elf. <laughs> and um, and then felt, oh, I just want to go back to sleep because I just felt so rough after my night out. Um, but it was interesting. It was just a very brief um, encounter. But I felt like he was curious that I could see him. And he was one of the fairies that I ended up drawing when I left university. It's like, it's almost like... Um, an initiatory sort of experience because when I got home it was like the art that I'd been doing at university hadn't fully been me and then once I was home back to my sketchbooks back to my home environment all of these fairies started to pour out of me and then it didn't stop there because um on and off after that, for the next few years, I started making fairies um, as well as drawing them. So I'd make these little kind of fairy dolls, these little models of fairies. So it was something that wanted to be expressed. Um, and all the while I was thinking, oh, what, what am I going to do for a career? Um, I've done my degree, what do I do now? And I go off on these different paths, so I decided to go work. I thought, right, I want to work in film and television. So I went and trained in London um, as a set designer and then realised that wasn't for me. And then I was drawn to Australia. I went to um, travel and work in Australia for a year on a, on a working visa and that really changed my connection with the landscape hugely. Um, <clears throat> again, I realised how much I missed Dartmoor um, and how far away from home Australia was, but I also realised 
or felt the power of that landscape before I went to Australia I was living in London um, and one evening I was watching the TV and this show came on about the Devil's Marbles I think it was in which I think is in the Northern Territory and I was sat with my dinner on my knee watching this this show and all of a sudden I realised my fork was starting to bend and it was like I know it sounds really weird but <laughs> it was like something about that landscape um, and I can sense this now when I when I look at landscapes online or somebody sends me a picture of a landscape it's like I can connect with it and I can sense the energies of it so I thought wow this is amazing that must be a really powerful place and it was it's like it amplified Australia amplified my connection to the landscape so that when I came back to Devon and Dartmoor I had this sort of like heightened sensitivity mm. that's the only way I can I know might sound strange but that's how it, how it felt and I while I was out there I worked with the Aboriginal people which is an amazing opportunity I I traveled from <clears throat> excuse me I traveled from Sydney up to Cairns and I was looking for work and a temping agency said oh do you want to go and work with the Council for Aboriginal Reconciliation. And I was like, yeah, that'd be, that sounds a cool job. <laughs> and it was amazing. I learned so much working with them. Um, and I would say, I was really sad to leave them. I was only with them for a couple of months because I was traveling. But they were the, the most amazing people that I've ever worked with and I was really inspired by their connection to the landscape and um, yeah so I came back to the UK with this sort of really amped up understanding of how I connected with my roots you know my landscape um, but I still didn't know how I was going to express that. So it was kind of, it's only been in the last, um, gosh, about 10 years or so since I I left the corporate world. Um, so I've had a few careers. <laughs> and then I worked as a teacher and then I worked as a trainer an IT trainer and then I worked in admin for some big government organizations and then in 2012 my life I had a sort of a life change and I just burnt out and I thought I can't do this anymore and I, I realized I was missing doing my creative stuff um, 
I was looking out the window at the landscape and thinking, I want to be out there. I don't want to be in this office. So my body just decided that enough was enough. And I handed in my notice. Um, and from that point on, I was recovering from burnout. Um, and I, I did that through connecting with nature I started to go for walks in nature again and I started to create art again um, I volunteered for a <clears throat> for a local garden which was a house that's being restored near Exeter and that was so healing for me and then I started to connect with spirits and angels I was sort of more on an angelic sort of path and then I started to connect with fairies and I was more deeply and um, I realized that being in nature was something that was really good for me creating art was something that was really good for me um, just connecting with the unseen realms was something that came naturally to me I thought this is what I need to be doing but <laughs> you know I don't I don't know how but I just got to do it so yeah that that's really my my journey and um, so fairy whispering is something that's evolved for me um, I'm not the only fairy whisperer there are many people that you know, use that term. But for me, fairy whispering is a way to connect with the other world through all of the senses. So I, I trained in um, natural mindfulness, which is basically using meditation and noticing through the senses the environment for well-being so listening to the sounds of the rain or the the wind through the trees or um, just stretching your hearing senses as far as you can to really notice all of the sounds in your environment and this is obviously best done in a in a woodland or any sort of natural place on a beach um, so for me that's what fairy whispering is it's connecting with the natural environment and the other world through all of the senses so through the the five senses and our sixth sense through our natural intuitive sense if you like which is something that we all used to do you know but we've in the western world we've lost touch with that side of us um, but it's something that people still use the world over in indigenous tribes etc um, and it's something that we need to reclaim because it's our um, part of our our natural way of being 
and that, that's why I, I I know why there's that differentiation between the paranormal and the normal but to me you know it's all normal there is no paranormal really it's all part of our human experience yeah um what is it about your connection with the other world and what you've just described that is defined by the term fairy and what what is a a fairy to you if, if someone asked you that I see fairies as part of nature. They are beings that are part of nature, but they're in another reality. So they, they're in a different vibration to us. But we are able to see them sometimes and interact with them um, for various reasons. Maybe it's our state of mind perhaps we're in a relaxed state of mind maybe we are more sensitive to you know psychically sensitive to seeing them um some people are just born more sort of psychically sensitive to seeing spirits and fairies maybe it's to do with the place there's lots of environmental factors like um the perhaps ley lines or um, the presence of various minerals for example on Dartmoor Dartmoor is sat on a huge bed of quartz that goes down a long 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 way beneath the earth so it's like sat on this huge conductor if you like of psychic energy (laughs) um and then there's all the waterways and limestone, various other other factors. So I believe fairies are guardians of nature. I certainly feel that they've reached out to me and to other people as a way of saying, you need to think about how you're relating to nature and you need to look after nature because it's impacting on them as well what we do in this world and sightings of fairies um, people have seen them in modern dress but people quite often see them in very old-fashioned kind of dress as well you know dress from a time that goes back pre-industrial times so it's almost like that the way that they appear to us and the various forms and what they're wearing um, seems to symbolize this uh, this time um, this pre-industrial time um, and my my own encounter my other encounter with a fairy um, I've had a few <laughs> on various levels, um, was when I, and I've spoken about this before, um, I decided in 2016 that I was going to just follow the fairy path because 
I'd been called back to it so many times in various ways. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to stick with this now. So I committed to it. I just made a a commitment to following the path of fairy. And I started to keep a journal. I thought, right, I'm going to keep a journal. I'm going to go out into nature. I'm going to see what happens, basically. (laughs) Just (laughs) open myself up to this world and embrace it. So I set off um, to a woodland. This was in June 2016 with a journal and my sketchbook um i wasn't feeling great that day but i thought i've got to do this for some reason i feel called to this place i have these feelings of being called to certain places and it's amazing when i follow that calling what happens what unfolds when i'm there so i was walking to this woodland and i could hear Um, I quite often have auditory, well not all the time, but in certain places at certain times I have these auditory experiences and I could hear giggling and I had the sense of something calling me forward Um, and I came to the edge of this woodland And something said, keep walking around the edge of the wood because there's something for you. So I kept walking around the edge of the wood, this path. And um, I got to the end of the wood and there was a standing stone, um, which looked like a gateway actually, because it was a big standing stone. And then next to it was a smaller standing stone. And then there was a tree, an oak tree that was growing over the stone and forming kind of an archway with its branches. It was quite magical to see. (laughs) And I thought, oh, that looks like a lovely place to go and write in my journal and draw. So I asked, I always ask to come in. So I said, can I come in? And they said, no. The voice said, no, you can't come in. You need to do something for us first. And I realised I'd had a feeling that um, I should be picking up rubbish in my local woods. And I hadn't done that yet. So I'd brought a plastic bag with me and I looked around and there was some rubbish below this rock, the, the standing stone. So I picked that up. And then I said, can I come in? And they said, yes, you can come in now. And I I poured some water on the ground as a little blessing. And then I walked in between the stones into the wood. And I spent a couple of hours there drawing. And I could see, um, so I see images when I go into woodland. So I see beings, I could see a tree spirit, just its eyes, little green eyes looking out this tree. Um, I did some drawings of what I could see. I could see a tree gnome as well. So when I go into these places, these 
it's like my perception opens up and the more I've done this over the years the more quickly it happens and I start to see things around me I left the wood I'd I went home and I I posted some pictures online of this rock of a standing stone and somebody said commented and said oh there's a little figure in the tree above the stone and I looked and I was like oh my gosh and there was this little shape of a man a small man that was standing he was bent over and pointing to the other side of the stone where I'd picked up this rubbish and I thought oh my goodness that cannot be a coincidence right um you know that the fact that I'd had that message to pick up the rubbish and then there's this image of this little being so I ended up drawing him I've drawn him a few times and um created a connection so I I told my children about this encounter and my son said who was quite young at that time um they're both coming up 17 now I can't believe it (laughs) um I've got twins and he said I'd like to go to Wisman's Woods so I said okay I'll take you so we went to Wisman's Wood and, and in between that those visits I'd been again. I went again at um Sawane. Um so a few months after the, the first encounter I went back, had some more experiences there and then in the following April a lot happened between two thousand sixteen and seventeen. The following April, um I'd had quite a difficult few months because my my mum had been quite unwell and I'd been caring for her. So I said to my son, this would be something we can do together as a bit of, you know, to enjoy. Um, so we set off early, went to these woods, took a crystal with us to give to the pixie. And yeah, it's amazing. My son was quite open to what seeing things in the woods and um, I'm really pleased that I I mean that's another part of this fairy whispering that journey with you know this fairy connection has been my children because if it wasn't for them I don't think I would have been so um, open to my childlike self and opening up to that And because I've taken my children out into nature and on these little adventures that we've had together, that has helped me see from a child's perspective. And I think that's, and and, you know, it's a very heart-based way of seeing the world. I'm not saying that fairies are childish at all. I think fairies are very serious, very... You know, they can be very dark, they can be very um, tricksy, they're not to be trifled with, you know, they're, they're to be respected. But to enable one of the ways to connect with them 
is to go with an open heart and from a, a kind of childlike point of view it's like letting go of the ego really and that's what children children teach you that um so yeah my son and I went to the wood and we we left a gift for for the pixie and then as I was leaving the wood um my phone beeped and I had a a text from my sister and she sent me a picture of some words that she'd written on one at the back of one of her paintings and the message was everything is going to be okay and I thought wow that was just the message that I needed at that time because I'd had such a difficult time supporting you know caring for my mum and it been quite a tricky time and I thought wow I've been here I've bought this gift for this place for the the fairies here and then I received that message just as I'm walking out of the wood that everything's going to be okay so that sort of thing that's not a one-off um occurrence I've had other many gifts that I feel have come through from the fairies via people so at times when I've questioned what I'm doing as we all do and I thought oh why am I doing this a friend will say Claire I've got a fairy book that I've had for years that I know you'll love um would you like it I'll be like oh my gosh that is you know that is a lovely book that's quite a rare book yes I'd love that you <laughs> know that sort of thing or um my sister sent me a fairy door a few years ago out of the blue as a gift so it's almost like these little affirmations along the way that I feel it means that I'm meant to be on this path and um I love what I do I love talking to people about their experiences now and and hearing you know because it, it's very validating for them it's validating for me as well to talk to other people that have had similar experiences yeah absolutely um so with fairy whispering and and how you practice that it, clearly from what you've just described it can be very personal do you have to be careful with this sort of thing so that it doesn't overwhelm you and you you may see these connections everywhere you go is it is it important to know how to manage your connection with with these entities um yeah i mean it's it's a balance because we've all got our day-to-day life so i'm not it's not something i'm doing all the time um because i've got very busy family life being a mum and (laughs) all of that kind of stuff but it's just always something there in the background so yeah but being careful I would say it's about being respectful it's about um, respecting places especially sacred places. I mean, everywhere in nature is sacred, really. 
and respecting the beings that are there. So not not only the other world, but the animals um, and other beings that live with us on the land. So I would say it's more being mindful of your state of mind and intentions <clears throat> when you're dealing with the other world or connecting with fairies especially it's really looking at well why why do I want to connect with these beings is it you know which sort of point of view am I coming from hmm. with this connection you know yeah and with a connection to nature and being respectful of nature being so important in fairy whispering have you found that you find it more painful when you see other people disrespecting nature i i, I wonder if that's something you've noticed more i mean at the moment we live in a time when the damage to ecosystems and nature in general is can be quite apparent is is that something you felt more deeply with doing fairy whispering yeah and i think um so talking about being overwhelmed um <clears throat> avoiding being overwhelmed <laughs> i think because i am such a sensitive person there are things that i do to avoid overwhelm because um in my day-to-day -day life i'm a carer and that takes up a lot of my focus really um so i don't want to be overwhelmed by all of the the difficult things that are going on in the world as well so i've learned to really focus on my local area and what's going on here um rather than to try and take on all the stuff i mean i i don't watch the news for example yeah same <laughs> <laughs> i i learn about what i need to know what i need to know through my friends um or you know my children or my son maybe will say oh mom did you know such and such has happened and i'll be oh right oh that's interesting <laughs> But yeah, so I, I don't go looking for things. Um, so I, I feel very passionate about my local environment. And what's happening here is a microcosm of what's happening everywhere in the world. I mean, we only need to look out of our doors, out of our windows, driving down a road these days and we're seeing lots more green space disappearing um lots of wildlife habitats going more roads going through beautiful green spaces and you kind of think i think you know where's it going to end um so i've seen my local landscape change quite dramatically since I've been living where I am in the last nine years, a lot more housing's gone up, fields have disappeared. 
And I know people have got to have somewhere to live. I'm not begrudging that at all because we need we need housing. But it's just getting the balance with respecting those places as well, you know, um, and paying attention to them. So just through doing simple things like, for example, I've grown a hedge around my front garden since, well, in the last three years. And um, I've put some plants in my back garden as well. And I feel like I've given back something to the wildlife. So I've not corrected the balance totally, but I've put something back <clears throat> to help address what's been taken away. Mm. Um, and I've noticed more butterflies in my garden, more birds coming in. It's amazing. I think we can get so overwhelmed by, oh my gosh, I've got to change the world. What can I do? But we can do small things. And I think it's the small things that count. Um, and it, even if it's just picking up a plastic bottle from the pavement or from our walk home, you know, or plastic packaging, it all helps. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's an act of positive intention, isn't it? it I, I do that as well sometimes if I can. And, it, you know, it's not very much, but you feel like you're trying to be respectful to the place where you are and trying to form a, a positive relationship with it. Yeah, and it, it does, Rick, it really does pay off. It's... um. It works both ways. I think, you know, there's a recognition then from that landscape in some way. You know, you're building a relationship, this reciprocity with the place then and working with it in some way. Mm. So have there ever been times when you felt like you were in the realm of the fairies i i know sometimes classically in, in folklore and in accounts that people have had they can have that feeling that they're they're somewhere else has that ever happened to you um i've not had any time slip sort of experiences i've spoken to people that have and that's something i i've been researching because it interests me um you know, environmental hauntings. Um, but I have been in a state of mind or state of being when I've been in places where I felt, yeah, that I'm seeing into this other realm. Um, it's mostly come through to me through meditation and journeying. And I had a series of quite deep um, journeys into the fairy realm in the lead up to 2020, which started in 2019. And they, I've spoken about this a couple of times in, um, on an upcoming episode on my podcast, actually. I'm going to be talking 
I spoke to a guest of mine about fairy maps. Um, there's a fairy map. I don't have the name of the artist here, but it was created a while ago. <laughs> and um, this artist created this fairy map. Um, and there are places on this map that I realised that through my these meditations I was you know these journeys into the fairy realm I was going on I'd been to some of these places which is really <laughs> really trippy <laughs> but um, yeah so I recorded a series of journeys that I'd been on in meditation so during lockdown I I'd been keeping journals of these journeys and I thought well now's a good time to put these out into the world and help other people because other people might appreciate these so I decided to record them during lockdown as meditations and I sent them to a group of friends and I had wonderful feedback about them. They said, oh, thank you, Claire. It's really helped me. And um, so I've I've written now about nine journals. But yeah, about nine journals based on my experiences of connecting with fairies through fairy whispering out in nature and through my journeys through meditation into the fairy realm and um, yeah so it's quite amazing really after talking to this friend of mine about this map and he was talking about his experiences um, I was talking about mine I was like oh my gosh I've been to that place you know I visited that place in one of these journeys I went on so I'm now going back to um, my journals and looking at the map and thinking where else have I been <laughs> yeah so when you meditated and visited those places did it feel the same as visiting somewhere in in our world or is it hard to describe um, so one of the places that I went to, they, I would say they're all different. They all feel quite, um, ethereal. So one of the places I first went to was crossing a river, um, in a boat with a boatman. So it's like, it was like crossing the you know, the, the myth of the crossing the river Styx. And I came to this very primeval place. And there was a mound. And this is where I met my guide, my fairy guide. And um, she introduced herself and took me to this mound, which opened up. And we went down into this mound and in this mound was 
a giant crystal. So I went through, it's like a series of initiations I went on. Um, I didn't realize that at the time. I was just writing them down after I was coming out of, out of these meditations. So they felt very real. Um, they just felt more sort of technicolor and ethereal than this, than our reality, really. It was just a bit of a more technicolor version. <laughs> um, so that's the best way to describe it. Yeah, it sounds like a amazing experience. Was there something that you found helped you meditate in this fashion that for people who might be might be interested in doing this sort of thing is there anything you can advise in terms of how best to try and start that yeah so i can highly recommend this so the person i was speaking about is jeremy garner who's going to be a guest in a couple of weeks time on my podcast and i've known jeremy for gosh quite a few years now since i've been committed to the fairy path he's based in new zealand and um i he's he's put out on his youtube channel lots of fairy courses fairy information he is just a mind of fairy information and i decided to um do his clairvoyance course which is like a 12-day clairvoyance course and so that's what i was doing to get me into this altered state to go on these journeys so i highly recommend that um and looking at jeremy's channel on youtube and um, he's got books he's amazing um so yeah i would do something like that some either that or some psychic development of some kind or i mean there's various free apps you can learn meditation with if meditation is something you struggle with then there's the the calm app is there and there's um what's the other one i use um insight timer I mean, there's just hundreds of different meditations. YouTube, there's lots of different meditations on there. I listen to um, lots of different music on YouTube, actually. Like either focus music when I have to focus. Or um, there's also lots of different frequency music that can alter your brain waves and put you in a different state of state of mind to be receptive to journeying the other thing i recommend doing which i've been doing a lot of recently is quantum jumping <laughs> which i've i've been doing with um a wonderful teacher called craig khan who's also a past guest on my podcast and that is about um, going into a hypnotic state of mind. 
suggestive state of mind that you're led into by Craig and then you quantum jump through a doorway into another version of reality. So you set the intention to meet another version of yourself in another reality to ask a question, a life question. It, it could be something really simple about how do I achieve, how do I achieve this state of being, you know, get become more um, content, for example. Or how do I move this part of my work forward? And then you bring back that information and it's very powerful stuff. So th those are just a few techniques I've used and I trained as a meditation teacher as well um, a few years ago. So I've been using meditation for quite a few years just to help with my well-being as well. Um, yeah, so that's just some, some suggestions anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're all excellent. Mm. Well, Claire, this has been a really wonderful chat. Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you, Rick. It's been lovely to talk to you. It's been wonderful. If people want to find out more about yourself and your work and fairy whispering and your podcast, how best do they do that? So you can find most things about me through my website, which is www.fairywhisperer.co.uk. And fairy is spelt the old fashioned Celtic way, F-A. E-R-Y whisperer.co.uk um, I'm on social media so I'm on Instagram as Fairy Whisperer I've got a Fairy Whispering Facebook community um, must mention my actually my podcast is called Fairy Whispering and I must mention my patrons who support my podcast and fairy work so thank you to them and that's fairy whisperer my patron community and i put all my bonus things on there so extra episodes and information about how to work with fairies excellent well i'll make sure to put that information on the show notes thank you rick you're welcome Thank you, Claire. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Claire. Fairies are always a fascinating subject to discuss, perhaps because of their profound association with the natural world and our own relationship with that, which can be troubled at times. They also seem to be a type of being you find in folklore across the world, both recent and ancient, which I think speaks to their cultural significance. Claire's Fairy Whisperer website has a lot more information on her work if you enjoyed our chat and want to find out more. Please also consider rating this episode wherever you listen and sharing it on social media, as it really helps some other sphere to grow and find new listeners.
You can follow Some Other Sphere on X, formerly known as Twitter, Blue Sky and Mastodon, and subscribe on most of the well-known podcast platforms. You can also support the upkeep of the podcast with a donation via Ko-fi. Details on how to do that are in the show notes. If you'd like to email me here at SphereHQ, the address is someothersphere at gmail.com. It'd be lovely to hear from you. Until next time, take care of yourselves, be respectful of the fairies, and I hope you'll join me again soon for another episode of Some Other Sphere.